Welcome to The Savvy Session, your go-to podcast about elevating your life and business, sprinkled with a little bit of fun. This podcast is brought to you by Elevate Performance Solutions and Revolu IT Services. And now, here are your hosts, Kirsten Ramos and Paula Kircher. Welcome back to The Savvy Session. Some of you already know that I am an assessment junkie. I love all types of behavioral assessments, communication style assessments, ways to help better yourself or better understand your peers or colleagues in the workplace, which of course, all of those translate into our personal lives as well. And today we are going to talk about an assessment based on a book by Gretchen Rubin and the assessments also by Gretchen Rubin. And it's called The Four Tendencies. A few weeks ago, when Chris and I were talking, she surprised me when she said she was a rebel as far as the four tendencies go. When she mentioned it was from Gretchen Rubin, who also wrote The Happiness Project. It was a book and author that I loved. This made me so curious that I went and checked out what the four tendencies were and took the online quiz. Kristen, you taught training sessions on the four tendencies. Can you share a little more about what they are and what they tend to mean? Absolutely. So Gretchen Rubin's premise for the four tendencies is asking really some suspiciously simple questions. And and the first one is, how do I respond to expectations? Which sounds weird when you think about, oh, wait, what do you mean? How do I respond? But when you think about it, if someone has an expectation or if you have an expectation about yourself, how do you respond? So when Gretchen was looking through all of the data she was collecting and, and asking this question, having people answer it, she discovered that people truly fit into four different tendencies. Now, keep in mind, the word tendency means that you tend to behave in this way. Most assessments are like that. It does not mean in every single situation. She found that these four areas were the upholders, the questioners, the obligers, and the rebels. Now, what she found is that our tendency also tends to shape aspects of our behavior. So when we understand the framework through the assessment, it's hopefully going to help us make better decisions, meet our deadlines, suffer from less stress and burnout, and hopefully engage more effectively with others. The four tendencies truly explains why we act or why we don't act. The framework holds kind of those practical answers to if you've ever wondered, people can rely on me, so why can't I rely on myself? Why do people tell me that I ask too many questions? How do I work with someone who refuses to do what I ask or one who keeps telling me what to do? Here's a, a, a good one that I, 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 I feel some parents are like, oh my gosh, is this going to be a question I ask? How do I stop my teenager from dropping out of school? Why can't I convince my patients to take prescriptions for those of you in the medical field? Uh, How can my team become more effective with less wasted time and and conflict? And in case you're wondering, where where did you get all these questions? Gretchen Rubin did an article in Forbes magazine a couple of years ago 
um, that I utilize in in my courses. So these questions are ones that she um, posed to the author and and as a way of answering, how did you come up with some of these these questions? And I think, you know, as as she also mentions, one of the big daily challenges that we face in our lives is thinking, how do I get people, and including myself as as people, to do what I want? And so by knowing the four tendencies, it's going to make this task much, much easier. Paula, you recently took the assessment, which we'll share, especially since it's a free resource, not Paula's results, but that you... (laughs) Uh, listening can actually take the assessment as well. Um, But Paula, you found out that you tend to be a questioner. So what does that mean to you? And how does it show up for you? Well, I'm going to have to be honest, like learning more about the four tendencies and taking the quiz this past week was perfect timing for me. I'm usually a motivated and excited person, but I've been struggling with not being motivated for a certain project. And I was internally wondering why I was not. So based on my answers from the quiz, this started to solve my why of not really being motivated to do that project. And as a questioner, we are motivated when we're able to justify it. We justify through reason, research, information, and asking questions. And if those minimum requirements are met, we will then proceed. This made so much sense to me as I'm someone who will do thorough research, especially before doing a project. For example, before us starting our podcast, I spent a month researching how to start a podcast, tools needed, format, met with other podcasters. And by doing this research, I then trusted the process and am confident in my ability to be successful with this project. I then realized that with the project I was delaying making a decision on, it was not meeting my minimum requirements. And it was missing some elements for me. It did not align with my mission and my strategic plan. And by now knowing what motivates me makes me better at being self-aware on how I make decisions. Kristen, you mentioned you are a rebel. So what does that look like in your day to day? Being a rebel is is so hard for a person and it's so hard for people around uh, around that person. For me, being a rebel shows up differently and in different ways, especially especially as an entrepreneur, because there's no one actually holding you accountable for doing certain tasks or projects. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that I get to say, eh, I'm not even going to do this work because of course I have clients. Of course, I have business development goals that I that I need to meet to get new clients. But it's it's really interesting because there are days that definitely eh, I don't necessarily want to do this. <laughs> and so that is it's something that I have to really work uh, work at because some days it's sun up to sundown working solidly. Other days it's eh, I don't I don't really want to um, want to work. So, you know, personally, it, it shows up when I think about not only work-wise, but to give people some more context on a, a rebel's brain, if I say to myself, you know what, I need to limit limit the dessert or you know limit the cocktail or whatever it might be. Well, if I say to myself before I go into the day, I'm not going to have dessert today. What that means is if I decide after dinner that I want dessert, I'm going to have it. Because I'm not holding the outer expectations of people's ideas on, hey, 
if you want to be healthier, maybe you should limit your dessert. I don't, a rebel doesn't necessarily care about those outer expectations that the world has for us. But keep in mind, I had set that for myself. No one told me to. And then I clearly just said, no, I want it. So I'm going to have it. So that's why I say it can also be really frustrating for the person who's the rebel, but also for people around the rebel, because they, a lot of times, and, and myself included, will not go with anyone's expectations uh, of the outer world, what they want, or what uh, myself or you yourselves as rebels would want. So that's that's just one example there. Um, Paula, what have you learned about when you think about the four tendencies? And you mentioned how it, it really helped you understand yourself and why you weren't as motivated. How do you believe it helps you with communication in business and especially as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I loved learning more about the four tendencies. And through the assessment, I learned that to communicate effectively, we actually must reach people through their own tendency and not our own. We may find that a subtle shift in our vocabulary or a quick quick conversation or a minor change in a process can be enough to change how the other person reacts or their course of action. By knowing each other's tendencies, I feel it will help make communication be more productive, allows you to make better decisions, and you engage more effectively with the other person. Kristen, you've now talked in depth about the rebel and the questioner. Can you share a little more about the other, the upholder and the obliger, to round out this discussion? Definitely. Uh, I think it's it's always fun to hear what your host's tendencies are of, of me being the <laughs> rebel and Paula being the questioner. But it's also great in case you, you're thinking, wow, what you two have just described is not me. So when we talk about the upholder, the upholder is... I would say the the polar opposite of the of the rebel because they will adhere to the outer expectations. So in in other words, um, I like to think of it as they're they're the ones who know that everyone sets New Year's resolutions and they will be the one to keep their New Year's resolution. Whereas some of us are like, yeah, I'm not even setting one. Or some of us will say, yes, I'm going to do this. And then we, you know, week one, that's it's out the window. So an upholder wants to make sure they're covering off on on both um, their outer expectations and also the inner expectations they have for them. Now, the obliger, they're the ones that really looks at the outer expectations, the expectations others have for them and decides I need to make sure that I hit all of those points. If someone needs me to do something, I'm going to do it because I said I was going to do it for them. And if I say I need to do something for myself, it's often on the back burner. So it's more so of, I know I want to do these five things for myself and I want to do them. But when things get busy, I'm going to push those off and I'm going to make sure that I'm not saying no, that I'm making sure all of the outer world expectations of me are are covered off on that. Um, so, you know, an example here, and this is one that, that uh, Gretchen Rubin provides, is that if you're an obliger and you're a journalist, you have no trouble writing, especially when you have an editor, a colleague, a deadline. But if you were saying, if you said to yourself, in the next five years, I'm going to write a novel, 
just in my in my free time, there's a good likelihood that an obliger maybe doesn't get to it in the time frame that they want. Doesn't mean that they won't ever get to it, but it's because those deadlines and the expectations of others a lot of times command some of some of that free time they would use. Kirsten, this has been so much fun talking with you about the four tendencies. And for anyone else interested in taking Gretchen Rubin's quiz and finding out which tendency they are, please go to thesavvysession.com for the link and the book details. Join us next time as we continue to share more stories on business, life, and fun. And let us know in the comments what your tendency is. We definitely want to have a really robust discussion around the four tendencies. Thanks so much, everyone.